Stand. Well, as I said earlier, today we're beginning a Sunday series based on the work of Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Wit Rich. And it's also the title of this morning's lesson, Think and Grow Rich. And I feel strongly that before we actually begin the series, that we have to have a couple of disclaimers. The first being that just a reminder of something Dr. Holmes wrote in the Science of Mind textbook. He wrote that our teaching is not a get-rich-quick get scheme. Not a get-rich-quick scheme. He went on to say that those who learn, embody, and consistently practice the principles of our teaching to transform and expand their consciousness will discover an abundance of the divine good within every area of their journey, ready for the taking. With that being stated, knowing that we may disappoint one or two, over the next four weeks, we will be discussing the spiritual principles, techniques, and tools described within Mr. Hill's masterpiece. There will be no magic affirmations, no magic incantations, to recite our crystals to buy. Rather, we're going to provide a roadmap of sorts, a roadmap that an individual may follow in order to learn and embody and consistently practice the principles of our teaching to transform and expand their consciousness. Now, the second disclaimer is the title of this series. It could easily be a misnomer. It is true the focus of the book, Think and Grow Rich, is using the spiritual principles and techniques to expand the energy and demonstration of abundance within an individual's journey. Yet, a spiritual principle is a spiritual principle. And it may be applied through practice to any area of one's journey. So the title of the book could easily be Think and grow love. Think and grow health. Why it could even be think and grow omnipotence. Think and grow oneness. Think and grow you. Which, when you think about it, isn't that all we're really doing anyway? Thinking and growing and practicing principle to the point that we're actually expanding the evolution, that it, evolution of our consciousness. At the beginning of Think and Grow Rich, there are several endorsements of this book. The one which impressed me most was from a fellow by the name of Dr. Hutchinson. And now he, at the time, was a nationally known consulting engineer during the early half of the last century and a longtime associate of Thomas Edison. And here's what he wrote in reference to the book. He wrote, this is not a novel. It is a textbook on individual achievement that came directly from the experience, experiences of hundreds of America's most successful men. It should be studied, digested, and meditated upon. No more than one chapter should be read in a single night. The reader should underline the sentences which impresses him most. Later, he should go back to those marked lines and read them again. A real student will not merely read this book. He will absorb its contents and make them his own. 
This book should be adopted by all high schools and no boy or girl should be permitted to graduate without having passed an examination on it. Love it. Now that's a standardized test I could get behind. I don't know about you. Remember what he said? He says it should be studied, digested, and meditated on, underlying the sentences which impress us most and reading them again. And if we choose to read the book while the series is being conducted, I don't want you to merely read the book. We want to absorb its contents and make them our own. Now, we have made it simple for anyone to go to the website, the TCSL website, and download a copy of the book if they don't have one. So there's no need to purchase it. It's in public domain at this time. And it is our intention over the next four weeks to provide you with enough direction, enough higher thought, enough higher ideas to contemplate that you will not only read the book, you will also absorb the energetic intentions within the book. To such degree, they are practiced by you as a second nature way of being. Are you ready for that? So if you're ready, which you are, let's begin. The very first sentence of the first chapter in Think and Grow Rich, Hill wrote this. Thoughts are things, and powerful things at that when they are mixed with definiteness of purpose, persistence, and a burning desire. I think we've heard this before. Somewhere, would you agree? Thoughts are things that have power. Now, the reality is it doesn't matter where we've heard it before or how many times we've heard it before. What matters is, do we embody the truth of these words by persistently practicing the truth of these words with a sense of burning purpose and desire. What did Holmes say? Our teaching is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It is a teaching of conscious transmutation. Conscious transmutation. Transmutation is defined as a process to change into another nature, substance, form, or condition. The student, the follower, the practitioner of our teaching is keenly aware their intention for greater prosperity, love, health, and success, whatever it is, even a greater experience of oneness, is a transmutation of their consciousness, a transmutation of their consciousness first. And all that follows is the effect of this first cause, transmutation. Now, we see it all the time. People get involved. People like these series, especially on prosperity. They like to hear about spiritual principle. And they'll say, well, you know, Reverend Tony, I'm not sure if this works. I'm not sure if this stuff works. You know, I thought only prosperous thoughts. I visualized only abundance. I affirmed with feeling the abundant and prosperous nature of ever-present source. Why, one Sunday, I even tithed 10%. And I still didn't win the lottery. I didn't inherit the money. And I couldn't find a sugar daddy or sugar mama anywhere. You can thank Maria Risotto for that last line if you were here last week. So anyhow, when we ask, well, how long did you 
thoroughly and completely practice the principle. The response is going to be similar. A few days, a couple of weeks, a month, although honestly not every day because there were things I had to do. I got up late a couple of times. Practicing spiritual principles for a for day or even a month with the intention of more abundance or anything else for that matter is not the practice of conscious transmutation. That's the practice of trying to manipulate the outer world. Thoughts are things. Thoughts are things, and they're powerful things at that when they are mixed with a definite of purpose, persistence, and a burning desire. Mixed with persistence, definiteness of purpose, and a burning desire. In the practice of these spiritual principles, one can create a very powerful thought, such as, I am a money magnet. The abundant of the universe flows in, as, and through my consciousness in ever-expanding measure. Great thought, eh? You like that? Of course you do. Here we have purpose. Here we have purpose. The purpose of being a money magnet centered in the ever-expanding prosperous flow. Now comes the hard part. Persistently affirming. Persistently affirming. I am a money magnet. The abundance of the universe flows in, as, and through my consciousness in ever-expanding measure, persistently affirming no matter what. No matter what? No matter what? No matter what. Persistently affirming when the checking account is low, when the bills need to be paid, when, when the tires need to be replaced, when the roof leaks or the sugar-significant others cancel. Just covering all the bases, being inclusive there. Being persistent, steadfasting your purpose, is a demand upon our consciousness to hold true to our first cause intention, to our first cause ideas and first cause visions, to see and create beyond the temporary effects of the physical plane. Persistent, persistence is an action of consciousness practiced until the consciousness knows and accepts no other truth, no other idea, no other vision than the one we are affirming. So now we have the thought, coupled with persistence of purpose, and all that's left is the burning desire. So let's get clear about this. The burning desire that Hill refers to is not just the desire for the purpose to manifest. The burning desire is a resonance, an expanding vibration of feeling of that which you seek. Just as you are training your subconscious and conscious mind to see and create beyond the temporary physical plane, we have to train our heart and our soul to feel, to resonate in that vibration of success, of love, of joy, of oneness, of health, to vibrate in that resonance of feeling beyond the temporary resonance of the physical realm. Esther Hicks said, we are all vibrational beings. Your mind is like a receiving mechanism that when you set your tuner to the station, set your tuner to the station, you're going to hear what's playing. Whatever you are focused upon is the way you set your tuner. And when you focus there, 
for as little as 17 seconds, you activate that vibration within you. Once you activate, activate a vibration within you, you're off and running, whether it's something wanted or unwanted. The feeling is the vibration. The burning desire is the vibration of the feeling. Persistence is required to practice the feeling vibration. So we don't want to just practice our affirmations. We don't just want to practice our visualizations. We want to get into practicing the actual feeling of having what it is we are seeking. And practicing that feeling when the checking account is low, the bills need to be paid, and the tires need to be replaced, and the roof leaks. Whatever it is, we want to feel beyond the appearance. Understand, if someone doesn't feel it, if someone doesn't believe it, and affirm it from the core of their being, the at the energetic heart and soul of their existence, then the universe cannot feel it, believe it, and affirm it either. And the more you practice, the more second nature habit the practice becomes. And the more second nature habit the habit becomes, the more your transmutation of consciousness reflects in the physical realm. So this is where there's often a disconnect because individuals I know know how to affirm. I know individuals know how to visualize. That's powerful stuff. But then we get into the feeling that we carry around with us in the day to day. Yet not, notice what we just said there, feeling that we carry around with us in the day to day. Feeling has to go beyond our spiritual work. The time frame in which we're doing our visualization affirming and praying, it has to be carried into the remainder of the day. And sometimes, that's where the challenge comes in. But the challenge, if we don't accept the challenge, that's what's causing the disconnect. Right? If I want to plug my refrigerator in to keep something fresh throughout the week, am I going to leave it plugged in all day? Absolutely. Or all week? Absolutely. But if I unplug it, what happens? Ugh. The food's going to spoil. It's going to go bad. So I have to stay plugged into that energetic feeling all day. I have to know that wherever, whatever I'm affirming, whatever I'm visualizing, the universe is making it so, not by right of the affirmation, not by right of the visualization, but by right of the conscious transmutation, the feeling that I am bringing to this moment of now, the feeling that I am feeling regardless of what is going on in my outer world. The universe doesn't know prayer. universe doesn't know prayer. The universe doesn't know the steps of treatment. <sighs> All the religious scientists just went, <sharp inhale> he's going to be struck. Ernest Holmes is going to halt him. Maybe. The universe knows your feeling. And we do all that praying, we do all that visualizing, we do all that affirmation in order to consciously transmute our consciousness, to bring us into that feeling awareness that that which we see, that which we are experiencing is temporary, not permanent. And when we do that, then we can begin to dissolve the 
temporary manifestation so that the burning desire, the feeling vibration, begins to become manifest. Begins to become manifest. So let me share something he said in the book. Hill said, today refuse to see yourself as a recipient of negative vibrations or as a victim of subtle or gross influence around you. Practice broadcasting the high vibrations of your inner radiance. Remember all the while that the place upon which you stand is holy simply because you are standing there. The place you are standing is holy simply because you are standing there. The place where you are sitting has a high frequency, a high vibration, simply because you are sitting there. By right of consciousness, you can tune into the higher vibration. You can begin training yourself at the energetic level to begin picking and choosing the feelings, the emotions that you're bringing to the forefront of your journey. And when you begin doing that, as you begin doing that, the universe responds. And that's going to be the only channel that you you're tuned into. The only channel that you're tuned into. And what happens? As a result of that, people that enjoy that channel, that enjoy that frequency, that enjoy that vibration, the, the experiences which reflect that channel, will begin popping into your journey with ease. It will automatically begin resonating, which that that which you are emitting. Anthony Robbins said, take control of your consistent emotions and begin to consciously and deliberately reshape your daily experience of life. Take control of your emotions. And sometimes we get it. Sometimes that's hard to do. There's, there's family. There's the news. There's water cooler conversations. Oh my God, there's Facebook now. I'm ready for the political season to be over. I'm back to seeing kittens on Facebook. Any kitten, I don't care. All of that is imprinting. All of that is imprinting on your energy, either directly or unconsciously. Directly or unconsciously. And if it's an unconscious imprint, Meaning, oh, I'm just scanning it. I'm not, I'm not accepting it. But remember, the more you see it, the, more, the greater the impression is going to be. The more you see it, the greater the impression is going to be. The more you see that Facebook post that you just makes your blood boil. Or the one that you resonate with because, wow, I feel like that is true. Either one is a burning, passionate feeling. And it is imprinting on your consciousness. It is imprinting on your soul. The question is, are you ready to take control of your emotional reaction? And if the answer is yes, then this is when the work, true work begins. Because you get to decide every day, am I going to allow this to imprint on me. When you're seeing that Facebook post, you're hearing that that news report, you're in the break room at the office, whatever it may be, sitting around dinner with family, am I going to allow the energy of this moment, 
to imprint on my soul? Or am I going to focus back in? Focus back in on that feel-good feeling of energy that I had this morning, bringing forward, bringing forward all that joy, all that love, all that great feeling energy that I experienced in my morning commute or my evening commute. That's your choice. But when you make that conscious choice, remember, that is conscious transmutation. You get to decide how you're going to respond. Therefore, you get to decide how you're going to create. Don't create by default. Don't create because somebody said something at the office or at family dinner or on Facebook that just makes your blood boil. That's creating by default. Turn Facebook Facebook, Facebook off. Turn the news off. Lock yourself in your room if you can't get away from your family. Whatever it may be, but allow yourself to take control of how you respond. How you respond, because you have to persistently bring this feeling vibration into your daily life, regardless of what's going on in the outer experience. And you have to do it to the point that you know it is not necessary for you to hold any other vision. It is not necessary for you to hold any other idea. You will not quit because you know your burning desire, whatever it may be, is simply the universe guiding you into a greater expression of itself. A greater expression of itself. Bill said one of the most common causes of failure is the habit of quitting when one is overtaken by temporary defeat. The habit of quitting when overtaken by temporary defeat. Temporary defeat. Got news for you. Whatever is going on in this moment, in the outside world, if it's not pleasant, if it's not a part of your desire, if it's not how, what you want to take your consciousness to transform into, then it's temporary. And it's only going to be as permanent as the vibration you bring to it. It's only going to be as permanent as the feelings you respond to it with. I should have said respond. All the English majors will get on me now. Oh well. But you're following us now. So what is that higher vibration? What does that look like? What does that feel like? There is a point when you practice this, and you're practicing it so consistently, so no, with so much knowing that you know, like you know, like you know, you are right. It's not about never having doubt or just pure faith. It is about knowing that every interaction, the good, the bad, the not so hot, that is about the universe responding to you, taking you to where you need to be, acclimating to your vibration. So there's never any doubt that this interaction is good or bad. It is simply an awareness that what is happening needs to happen for the fulfillment of the desire. That is why you don't quit. That is why what appears to be temporary 
but what appears in the outer world is just temporary. Hill wrote, our brains become magnetized when the dominating thoughts which we hold in our minds and by means with which no man is familiar, these magnets attract to us the forces, the people, the circumstances of life which harmonize with the nature of our dominating thoughts. Which harmonize with the nature of our dominating thoughts. Your affirmation card this week is an affirmation of mine. It says, the energy I am is the abundant energy of the divine and triune expression. I know I only resonate and attract the abundance of the universe. Triune expression, spiritual, mental, physical, energy, thought, and form. That is the awareness you want to operate from. That is the predominant thought that you want to allow to become that resonating force within your consciousness. And when you can do that at every level of existence, we know you can feel it, we know you can see it, but it's a matter of looking at the external world and seeing beyond the what is, knowing what is becoming. Knowing what is becoming and not giving up. Not giving up. We have a great parable for this morning's lesson. And the parable is about Rabbi Shorts. And Rabbi Shorts answers the phone. Hello? Is this Rabbi Schwartz? It is. This is the IRS. Can you help us? Probably. Do you know a Sam Cohen? I do. Is he a member of your congregation? He is. Did he donate $10,000? He will. And the moral is, the practice of conscious transmutation is not a practice of fake it till you make it. It is not a practice of fake it till you make it. As our brains become magnetized with the dominating thoughts which we hold in our minds, these magnets attract to us the focus, the people, the circumstances of life which harmonize with the nature of our dominating thoughts. So if the intention is to fake it till one makes it, the feeling is a fake one. And the universe has no choice but to resonate with that predominant fake feeling, producing the predominant unwanted results. The intention of conscious transmutation is to be centered in the thought, the feeling activity of the desire. Our persistent practice and embodiment of the desire acclimates all of the universe to the exact match of the desire. Think and Grow Rich overflows, I kid you not, overflows with names and stories of individuals who persistently put this practice to work in their lives. Names like Carnegie, Edison, and many others. One person Hill writes of is Henry Ford. And he tells a great story about how Ford used these principles to transform his life and the automobile industry. Ford decided to produce the V8 motor. And he chose to build an engine with the entire eight cylinders cast in one block. And so he instructed his engineers to produce a design for the engine. 
This design was placed on paper, but the engineers agreed that it, would, it was just impossible to cast an eight-cylinder gas engine block in one piece. Ford said, produce it anyway. And all the engineers said, it's impossible. And Ford said, go ahead, just do it. Stay on the job till you succeed, no matter how much time is required. And so the engineers went ahead. There was nothing else for them to do if they wanted to stay employed at Ford. And six months went by, nothing happened. Another six months passed, nothing happened. And the engineers tried every conceivable plan in order to carry out Ford's orders. But it seemed impossible. And at the end of the year, Ford checked in with his engineers. And again, they informed him they found, they found no way to carry out his orders. And he said, that's okay. Keep going. Go ahead and do it anyway. I want it, and I'm going to have it. So they went ahead. And then, almost as if by magic, a secret seemed to come to light. And Ford's determination and persistence to his commitment to hold his first cause assertion beyond what was seen and known within the physical realm demonstrated the V8 motor. Hill said, Henry Ford is a, is a success because he understands and applies the principles of success. So we're back to where we began. There is no magic incant incantation. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It is an awareness that you can tap into a higher knowing, a higher vibration, a higher awareness that all that you desire can be done and shall be done through the focused, persistent thought and burning feeling of your energetic self. But you have to be ready to do that. You have to be ready to practice every day. You have to be ready to bring that feeling that vision into the forefront of your journey, no matter what. No matter what. Any, in the book, he writes, anything you are giving your attention to is an invitation to the essence of it. Saying, I want money, but it will not come, is the same as saying, come to me, absence of money, which I do not want. So this is where our persistence comes in. When we catch ourselves in that old mode of thinking, those old, less than positive affirmations that do not reflect our desire, we have to be willing to redirect ourselves and say, wait a second, that's not the vibration I want to work with. The frequency I want to work with is up here. And I'm going to surround myself with people, the places, the experiences, which allow for me to maintain that frequency. The mind needs a respite from current known facts from time to time. It needs a respite from the physical reality and from those who refuse to raise their vibration just ever so slightly into the realm of greater possibility. You need to give yourself that respite. In the book, there's a great piece and and focus on creating mastermind groups to do just that, for individuals to get with like-minded people and do nothing but affirm and practice the vibration 
of their desire, whatever that desire may be. Now, I would suggest that possibly if that appeals to someone here, more than one person, that you get together after service and you think about how would you go about creating such a mastermind group? When would it meet? What would it look like? Who would lead it? Who would help study the book? begin incorporating the principles as described. And if you find that person or persons, then know that you're going to be supported. Why, who knows? You might even could run such a mastermind group here after service on Sundays or during the week. But you get to decide. You get to decide the group you're going to allow to imprint on your consciousness. Great quote from a long time ago, since we're focusing on money. Kenny Youngman said once, I'll have all the money I ever need, I'll ever need if I die by four o'clock. What that quote points out to us is how did our feeling resonate with it? somebody possibly think, I get that, I understand that? Or did they say, oh no, that's not the truth of me? Because that's the reality of what we're working with in the external world. We want to begin looking at the things which have been imprinting at a, on our energetic level. And if they have not been conducive to, to our conscious transmutation, then we have to begin the process to release them, to move into a greater awareness. Whatever you choose to create right now from this moment forward is a result of your being in a frequency, a vibration that has never been experienced on this planet before. Whatever you are wanting to create and evolve beyond this moment is yours by right of divine consciousness. Be persistent. Be persistent in the evolution of it, and you will manifest it. So ends our lesson. Namaste. All right. If you would please say the offering affirmation with me. Infinite mind. Infinite mind. In as and through me. Blesses and multiplies my offering. It does its good and perfect work. Does its good and perfect work. And returns to me. And returns to me. Multiplied abundantly. Multiplied abundantly. And if the ushers would please come forward as they're coming forward, it's my pleasure to introduce again Billboard's top 100 <laughs> jazz singer, Gwen Hughes. <laughs>